Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Darian Lusk. Darian Lusk, how the hell are you? Hey, Brian. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited to just uh, chat it up and, you know, have a good time and, and see, wh- see where this goes. Well, as all, all good comedians do, you have the best topics, and so I cannot wait to explore them. It just shows how funny you are if even the, the topics you suggested are funny. Well, thank you. I mean, maybe the topics are funnier than me. <laughs> we will have to see if you live up to the expectation. But we'll see. Yeah, but I, I follow you at Darian Lusk. I mean, you are Eat, Pray, Lusk, which is funny in and of itself. Thank you. Yeah, Eat, Pray, Lusk on, on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, if I were going to shame, if I were going to fully plug. Um, and please follow me if you're a listener and, and you want to uh, have a, a laugh. And yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's all I really have to plug. Yeah, and it's, I look at your videos here and some of them, some of them are on IGTV, including a recent one where you, uh, you want to go to school with your son because you were just bored of playing Sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I made sort of a, a Billy Madison parody, but, but the idea, I guess, is that it would be like I would be joining uh, Zoom classes. I guess it's not clear, like, 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 uh, it's it's my little brother in reality, but I, I don't think I really define the relationship. So it could just be like my son, and I'm sort of like I'm like this sad father in the video. But check but check it out um, on my Instagram. And you also do. I don't see as many. Like I see music. I see you playing music, but I don't see vi- like are there you know further down in your feed are there videos of you actually performing you know in video form? You know. That's a really like that's a big to do for me because I have like on my YouTube, you know, I have like uh, videos of my sets, but I haven't really like pivoted to social video. And I feel like every like couple of days, I'm like, Darren, this is the day you need to like make a comp like a music video. You know, you need to like put up you doing a song or something. Yeah. But I, I think that I think that that's coming soon, and I feel like it'll be good when it happens. Yeah, I had Caitlin Cook on earlier today, and she she seems to have a lot of success with her, uh, you know, short musical comedy videos. And I think although they're a minute long, she puts them on IGTV so that they can be kind of categorized into series. And she says, oh, it's it's um, she seems to indicate that it's been pretty successful so far. And so I see I see here on your feed, though, do you have an album called At the Beach? Oh, um, I put out a single like a comedy song about a year ago called at the beach and where can we hear um, that is it spotify or Bandcamp? yeah um i think it was on spotify i don't think i paid you know every year you have to pay like ten dollars yeah on spotify yeah. and i think i forgot to pay um but it's on youtube and soundcloud and more so uh, i would definitely love for if, if somebody uh uh i think somebody could find that if, if they googled this at the beach and my name. Yeah. And it sounds like here, like you said, it's on, you know, your videos are on YouTube. So they're also embedded on your website. So DarianLusk.com at the videos tab, you can see some of these YouTube things that are embedded. And so, uh, so yeah, follow him here. If he's funny with his topics and what we're going to talk about, some of the funny topics you have, 
Um, you know, I have my, I have the comedian guests suggest some topics and I pick a couple I like, but all of yours were so fucking off the wall. I loved them all. Like off brand amusement parks is funny. The possibility of unknown deep sea creatures is promising bad, recent bad horror movies and even the importance of Steely Dan. Yeah. I mean, those are kind of like tenets of my personality and all sort of like big parts of my life. So I'm excited to dig in and I, I hope we do them justice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first let's talk about um, the possibility of unknown deep sea creatures. And I think you're referring to the giant squid. Right. Um, so yeah. We talked about this a little bit while we were debrief, while we were just, just sort of like getting to know each other before we started recording. But um, I, I'm sort of obsessed with, like um you know the idea of like what is um in the sea and sort of you know we've we've found some pretty like like big colossal squid in the past and there's videos on youtube of um colossal squids being discovered and we're talking you know like 30 40 foot squid and, and i'm just wondering like what else is out there and you know I, I think that i find myself um watching YouTube late into the night and sort of like watching squid videos. And um, it's definitely like a, 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 a place in YouTube that I would check out. And once you, once you kind of chase the rabbit, hole, the rabbit hole all the way down, that's when you give up and you try to uh, get into your brother's Zoom classes. Yeah, or, or get into my, my, platoon, my pontoon boat and go try to figure out, discover for myself. Uh, do you actually have a pontoon boat? No, but, um, <laughs> you know, summer 2020, like, maybe I'll get, get some wood together and, uh, you know, build, build me a boat. And I, lo- I, read, I read the topic quickly, and I thought that um, we, were, we were talking about kind of deep sea civilizations. And I was like, well, that can't really happen because, you know, so, I mean, even my own take on it was like, oh, maybe there's deep sea, cre- you know, civilizations. But it's like, no, people can travel all the way to, down to the bottom of the ocean. But like you said, just because you've, you're able to go all the way down doesn't mean you're going to find what you want to see because the, the squid can be hiding or it's not just, it doesn't happen to be at the bottom, of, you know, at that point in the bottom of the huge ocean. And so, it let, you know, it led us to kind of, you know, conjecture that maybe there are civilizations under there. You know, if there's alien civilizations, why not deep sea civilizations? And they would just have to be elusive enough to escape the occasional deep sea diver right yeah they could be three steps ahead i mean <laughs> we just don't know yeah and when you're a deep sea civilization you probably are three steps ahead right no they're smart and they're ready they're they're <laughs> they're they're making you know they, they they are prepared to you know stay undercover and hidden and you know we have a long way to go <laughs> before we're ready to meet them or who you know whatever's down there but yeah, similarly bizarre as your off-brand amusement parks, why the fuck are you into off-brand amusement parks? <laughs> okay, so, you know, um, I, I had like a period of time last summer when I was um, between jobs. And, and if you are friends with enough comics or people in general, you'll know that's a code for uh, unemployed. Um, so um, I uh, spent a lot of time like with my mom and, and my younger brother and we went of an amusement park uh, just because like I was free we were all free to do so and I really enjoy like um, some of the smaller amusement parks um, on the east coast and I would definitely recommend to people when COVID dies down to check out some of these uh, roller coasters and some of these theme parks because we've got some gems 
in our midst. Yeah, what makes him a gem? Well, okay, so so I really like this this theme park called Lake Compounds, and it's in Connecticut, and it has the longest wooden roller coaster in the U.S., if not in the world. Um, and it's a really fun, you know, uh, it's a really fun ride, and this is a really like it's a it's a nice park, and uh, it's very like kind of old school, like the rides, but you know that many deaths so it's like you're like i won't be i won't be a statistic yeah and it um, sounds it sounds like it's not as scary I mean, it sounds fast enough but i'm not gonna have to worry about the steep enough drops because i don't think the wood ones were as steep as before like i went on the great american eagle in gurney illinois and that scared me to death just because it was made of wood and you didn't have a steep drop did the fast the longest uh wooden roller coaster did they have a drop at all it has some drops but but not like kings of car you know you, you you have to keep it like above the board oh good because, yeah, when, when I think about off-brand, you know, you said very few deaths or something like that. And I think that what comes to mind with off-brand amusement parks is the lack of safety. There was that one uh, water slide where fucking the kid got his head chopped off because some net was too low or some shit. Like, the, you know, the thing, you know, it was a steep drop. The vehicle kind of went too far off the ground and the net was too low that day or some shit. And I think the whole ride is, I mean, the whole theme park is done now and so you'd think that some of these uh off-brand amusement parks safety might not be a priority but you beg to differ i mean i think that um they're safe enough that you can enjoy <laughs> um, you know i think that that's all, yeah they're, they're safe enough i i think that um yeah i i i i live near or i grew up near playland which is the theme park where uh, Big was filmed, uh, oh. the beginning of the movie Big. I love that. And, it, and it, there were a couple of deaths there too, I think. But you know, when when a music park has deaths, they close that ride. So yeah. you, so it's closed. So it's like you're not gonna, you're safe. And they also edited the deaths out of the Big. Yeah. <laughs> well, that movie started very differently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see the outtakes of that. You're like, oh, should we discuss the death that happened here five seconds ago? Nah, we'll skip it. Um, and that brings me to my next thing: is you're also interested in recent bad horror movies. Why the fuck recent and bad and horror? Yeah, um, you know, I, um, I, 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 okay. Why recent? Why bad? Why horror? Um, and you got so you got so specific with it. I loved it. It goes, you know, after two thousand four. But a tomato, you know, Rotten Tomato score under sixty. I was like, that is fucking precious. It's like you, you have a, you have a, <laughs> totally. you have a formula. I, you have a formula you're following. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's a very specific genre. It's not just horror movies. Well, I think that, um, you know, I always sort of like the horror genre. I think it's sort of like comfort food to me, and I and I think that, um, you know, there's something, and and I think that more specifically, I, I really like sort of like objectively bad horror movies that from from the last like 20 years and, and you know these like movies are all um sort of the same it's like um it's like uh there'll be a there'll be a family um there'll be a a house a new house so they're moving into a new house it's probably made of glass yeah um and there will be some sort of evil object so either it will be like an evil thing that they find in a box or like the kid becomes evil, but they're all sort of the same. And I just love those movies. And, and I think that um, I spend a lot of time watching them. 
Well, I, um, I like I like some of them. Like I like the whole sinister. Well, there, there was sinister, and there was the other one. Which which one had Ethan Hawke? Was that sinister? Uh, that was that was sinister. But yeah, sinister I, two is not as good, and it does not have Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I, I you know, I, yeah, sinister one was good. Sinister two was okay because it had an actress that I like a lot, um, and I also love all the found footage shit. But um, and also Cabin in the Woods, and these things probably don't drop below 60 on the t- tomatoometer for the most part. Maybe Sinister 2 did. But can you explain something to me? Like, all this shit about Babadook, like, I didn't get it. Was it scary? What, what part was scary? Oh, in the Babadook? Yeah, have you seen it? Is it, is it good? Is it scary? Because I think Babadook's I watched good. it. I think I watched it. I think I paid attention, but I don't know where the scary was. Um, Babadook is... I think that the idea there is it's like a, it's a metaphor for motherhood um, and for trauma. I don't, I remember being like, this was good. Um, I, I think that it's, I don't think it's that scary, but you know, the name of it's scary, like Bobber Duke, that's sort of, uh, it's, it's sort of like a jumble of letters. So I guess there's something like there, like, you know, it, it, it seems like intense. Yeah. And so like, like things like paranormal activity freak me out because somebody's holding a fucking camera or something and then they, they pan to the right and somebody's right there. And that startles the fuck out of me. And of course, paranormal activity got shitty by, I don't know, maybe the fourth one. But some of these things are so fucking scary, I can't even watch them. Like, what, what is it about a scary movie that's like comfort food to you? If the thing is scary, why would that be comforting to you? Um, I think that um, there's something about the fear that is sort of like i don't know i think that i grew up watching like movies like the shining and um you know i watched a lot of those movies like really doing well socially and i think that it just like brings me back to that time um and you know i think that if you remember like um you know if you look around and and you pause your laptop for a second and you look around your room and you're like oh this is like a work of fiction I think that you can sort of still enjoy it and and not really worry about um, like a monster actually coming to get you. Yeah. Cause and- we're big boys and I think we know that it's not real. And I think as long as you are aware of that, you can sort of enjoy it. But I mean, why, why the bad horror movies though? So, I mean, like you said, big glass house, they find the fucking box. Like if it's bad on the t- tomatoometer, does that mean you think it's bad or are they, you know, you actually like the glass house and you like, they just, they discover the thing and the boy gets haunted and, yeah. and you actually like it or you like that it's bad. Um, I think that I like, I think that I like them a uh, period. And I think that they're works of art. I think that it's a sort of like an art form to make a movie like, that is just so like devoid of quality and 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 logic um and sort of like good acting good writing really anything that sort of would make a movie good and i think that 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 is something like consistent about all these movies is that they're so like lacking a soul and you know uh 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 uh, these really get churned out you know, you, you can really watch a lot of these things. There's a yeah. lot of these movies where a family will go to a house and there will be an evil thing in a box, like hundreds of movies and, and, and you know, the big budget movies. Um, so I, I guess that I just take comfort in those. And, and, I, and I think that after a long day, I love just watching a, a family sort of get rocked and sort of get torn <sighs> apart 
Uh, so it's a, so it's like reality TV for you, and is is some of the fun? So it's kind of mindless, and you can enjoy it like reality TV. But is some of the fun in that you can predict what's going to happen next? Um, yeah, I think that's sort of the fun. I, I think it's sort of like a Michael Jackson popcorn gif. Like I think that I know the the beats, and and I think that I can just sort of like I I think that I know what I'm in for. Oh, good. And knowing the beats takes us to the next thing, which is going to be Steely Dan. Uh, you know, I've, I've come across, you know, Oh, Hello on Broadway, which is Melania and Kroll. And they, you know, a lot of that fucking play, you know, I loved it all. But they, they talked about Steely Dan quite a bit just because they were presenting older Upper West Side people who might be into Steely Dan and little else. But even somebody like Seinfeld, you know, when he had Fred Armisen on Comedians in Cars, Fred was like, I don't even know what you listen to. And Jerry Seinfeld was, well, he was like, well, Steely Dan really spoke to me. That's, that's something where I'm going to see him every time they're there. And one of your topics was the importance of Steely Dan. So please enlighten me. What the fuck is it with Steely Dan? You know, I think that it's... I think that a lot of comics um, sort of like have a uh, like a, a, a strong relationship with Steely Dan. I think that their music like resonates with comedians, and I and I think that um, you know they're sort of they sort of have this like uh, um, uh, uh, polarizing um, effect where I think that a lot of people see like are like. Oh, Steely Dan, like it's sort of a joke, but it's like, you know, they, they, they um, were like this really serious uh, male duo that went to Bard College and they make music about like, um, you know, um, uh, like snarky figures and, um, and you know, like on, on, See, unsightly and, and, and untrustworthy characters and it's all very literary and all very like Jewish and um and like and intellectual but also like 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 kind of like liberal arts music and it's from like a long time ago but somehow it's like still very relevant like I think that like the music of Steely Dan is sort of more in the zeitgeist than like the music of like Rush, except except for when except for when Paul Red said slapping the bass. I think yeah. that like Steely Dan really holds up. Like I think that people, you know they're sort of like still present in our time. Yeah, I think it's almost the same, same thing as Yacht Rock. I really think it kind of holds up if you're in a certain mind space. But you said the word Jewish, and and are they Jewish? Like what you know, like what or, or were they? You know, why were they, and I guess Millennium and Kroll, like I think Kroll might be Jewish or he might have been raised Jewish or something, but the characters are kind of this Upper West Side characters, uh, you know, like Ellen Alda. But why, you know, why did you say Jewish and are they Jewish? And, you know, are, why would Jewish people be more likely to listen to Steely Dan and enjoy them? I, I think that whether or not they're Jewish, they're Jewish. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, listen. Steely Dan, you're in the tribe. I, they, they, I think that they just, um, there's a lot that's Jewish about them. Like a lot of their music is, is complaining. I think that they do a lot, it's very snide. It's a lot of complaining. Um, I think that they, you know, when they were like recording their albums, they, they, they moved from New York to LA, but then they didn't like it. So they moved back to New York, which uh. I sort of can see happening to me at maybe 10 years down the line. Um, you know, if, if, if all goes well, like I, I think that's sort of a trajectory I relate to. Um, and I just think that there, I think that if you ask any um, New York Jew uh, 
to, you know, if you bring up Steely Dan to a New York Jew, you're, you're in. <laughs> well, I guess that brings me to my next question, which is, is Darian Lusk, um, you know, what about the music of Steely Dan has kind of made its way into the musical comedy of Darian Lusk? Oh, man. Well, that is just, uh, you know, I, I want to answer that question every morning when I wake <laughs> up. That's like my whole thing. Um, I, I think that, um, like, I, I think that I was exposed to their music at a young age, like too young. And I, and I think that something about that definitely rubbed off on me. Um, and I just think that the, the quality of sort of writing and, and the, and musically just like the chords that they use and how well studied they are and um just that they were so uncompromising you know they they like set out and and, and um sort of made their own genre of music you know it's not really like classic rock but but they have classic rock songs it's not really jazz but they have jazz songs and I, and i think that if you ask any musician they they would tell you that you know some of their um solos and some of their um syncopations and like parts and songs are, are really some of the best ever recorded. I, I think that uh, they, they have like a lot of respect. They're like a musician's musician. Like, yeah. um, and, and I just think that um, as you can see, I love talking about them. And I, and I think that it's, it's sort of like um, if I, if I, in my dream scenario, like when people uh, like, like bring me up a, a sort of as as like what they associate with me. I want them to think of that I like Steely Dan too much. Uh, and like you mentioned the word uncompromising, how do you make sure that Darian Lusk uh, stays uncompromising in the space of musical comedy? Oh, well, um, you know, come see me live and look at my Twitter and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. And then what would be, uh, what, would, what would be compromised? What would Darian Lusk have to start doing where we're, where we're like, dude, he's starting to get, he's starting to get a little bit compromised. He's not at all like Steely Dan. Um, I think that if I started doing um, Trump comedy parodies, <laughs> that would be the wrong direction. <laughs> but I, I think that, well, I think a more straightforward answer is I think that a lot of my songs are like, um, you know, like Steely Dan has songs about getting kicked out of or getting in trouble in college um, and like complaining about, you know, like uh, uh, just stuff that I think is similar to things that my songs are about. Like I have a song about spending Hanukkah in Florida um, and, uh, <laughs> because my parents took me for free. Um, and I, I have a song about, um, you know, about um, like, like uh, having uh, about um, how I forgive my parents for the fact that they give me gave me piano, like give me money, um, like all the time. Um, but I think that those are things that if like like they're a little bit Steely Dan in their in their affect. Wait, so you broke up a little bit. Your parents, um, you're, you're forgiving your parents for uh, giving you piano lessons or money. What did you say? Oh, sorry. Um, I forgive my pe parents for um, being able to give me piano lessons, but not for just like, as an adult, giving me money. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, well, so why would Trump be, um, you know, kind of compromised? Would you think that that's, uh, 
it's kind of uh, pandering or it's surfing the surfing the wave and the hopes are getting more likes and views and things like that. Whereas if you kind of tell these little nuances and slices of life from your own life, you're, you're much more like Steely Dan and you're not just kind of swinging at every pitch in popular culture. Yeah. I think you said it better than me. I think that's <laughs> sort of, I think that's it. So that's Steely, Steely, Steely Dan and the, the similarities and differences between Steely Dan and Darian Lusk. I mean, there should be no differences, but if we ever see daylight between you and Steely Dan, we're going to fucking raise holy hell, man. Yeah, that's when you know that the people in the bottom of the sea have come risen. Um, <laughs> Well, well, follow, wrong. Dude, follow him at Eat, Pray, Lusk because we do. And um, I can't wait to um, see if you ever do any of these musical comedy things on social, you know, these just kind of little snippets because uh, it sounds like you're, you're, you're kind of slowly getting to the point where you might do that. Yeah, please keep And, you know, um, yeah, definitely follow me at Eat, Pray, Lusk. And I, I think that there's uh, content for all. And um, thank you so much, Brian. You know, uh, this was a blast. And I hope that, uh, you know, uh, the listeners out there got something from it. Dude, I think that you you lived up to your topics. All right. Well, that's the relief. Dude, Darian Lusk, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Take it easy.